I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Someone said, and it is debatable who that was, as I discovered, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Insane it may be, but common it certainly is as we enter another season of Advent in our corner, corner of the Western world and place so many hopes and expectations on what this season and the next will look like. Surely this year will be different, we say. Surely it will finally be quieter, more peaceful and meaningful, and more relaxing than ever before. Or maybe the hope is that it will be less quiet. Perhaps the loneliness and solitude will end, the troubles of the past year finally put behind us, and a new year will dawn with all its possibilities. And certainly these very normal feelings speak, deep, speak to deep-seated longings of the human heart, echoed so regularly in our scriptures. Longings for peace, longings for joy, longings for hope and love. All those words typically associated with the season of Advent, curiously enough. And I don't mean to start the sermon on a downer, but it is likely that however we are defining peace or meaning in our lives, we will fall short again this year. Conflicts and abuses will continue in the world, and fear and challenge will likely still be present in our lives. Those swords have tended to remain swords, not plowshares, and in fact, seeming to get deadlier over time. And that wolf, that lamb, that child, that serpent, still miles apart. Life often continues as it was, despite our hopes and dreams and longings for something new. Insane, really. And today we light that candle that is traditionally attributed to peace. And when I first started my planning, I thought this would be a very easy Sunday to preach. I always think that. <laughs> Jesus, peace, what could happen? What could go wrong? And then I read the readings. Uh, in the first place, Jesus isn't even in our gospel reading today. It is about John the Baptist pictured very much as a wild man with clothing of animal hair, feeding on locusts and wild honey, preaching repentance. And then we listen to him. You brood of vipers. Not exactly the image of peace. And yet, it turns out that creating peace is not actually that peaceful. It takes work. It takes change. In the military... Astute listeners will notice that military members ourselves don't often use the language of peacekeeping because it sounds too passive. We would say rather peace-building or peacemaking because that's what our armed forces have tended to have to do and we've needed armed forces there for a reason. Building peace in places of conflict is not a passive exercise. And this goes for our hearts and our culture as much as elsewhere. You see, our scriptures don't really tell us just to hope and to dream and to long. John the Baptist sweeps into our lives today out of the wilderness 
and tells us to repent. It's a bit regrettable how the word repent has come to be used and understood in our language and culture. Feel sorry for your sins, we probably hear. Think about all the bad things you have done. and Feel badly about them. and Maybe tell someone about them and then move on. Except that it's not always easy to move on. Guilt and hurt feelings continue and things tend to look as they did before. Insanity. Not that we don't make mistakes and hurt people and alienate ourselves from God, but surely there's a better way to improve our situations and our relationships. And it isn't really what repentance means anyway. Turn around, John the Baptist is telling us. Change direction, change your mind, do things differently. Eugene Peterson's uh, Bible translation, The Message, which I like to refer to, says, change your life. God's kingdom is here. And another translation, the Common English Bible says, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. So John's call for repentance is actually a call to action. It's not that this action will bring about our own salvation, Of course, we believe that it's God's grace in our lives which will bring about that change, um, that desire for change in our hearts and minds. But sometimes in our speech and in our prayers, we tend to take ourselves out of the equation. God, give us peace. God, send me a sign. God, heal the sick people, punish the mean people. God, make our world better. And while you do that, I hope you don't mind if I go and get my Christmas shopping done. Okay, perhaps that's a little bit harsh. After, after all, God is in charge. It's God's world. And we are truly powerless in, our, in and of ourselves to affect those kind of massive life changes without God. And yet God's, John's message is for us. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In other words, do something because God is coming. Do something about yourself. Do something about your world. Do something to show that you have changed your mind, changed direction, and started to align your life with God's life, your purpose with God's purpose. And what that something is is going to be different for each of us. To have more peace might mean we examine our own role in our conflicts and do something differently. To have more love might mean moving outside our comfort zone to welcome someone, help someone. Maybe we need to rearrange our to-do list, our priorities, and our expectations. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. If we want the world to be different, we cannot expect to stay the same. Advent is that time when we are called to prepare for Christ's coming in our lives, and in our world. And sometimes when we prepare to receive honored guests, we will clean our houses and tidy things up a bit. But perhaps we'll also try to do things a little differently. Try that new recipe. Visit that place we have never been before. Find out what our guests like to do and do that. We will do that for those we are welcoming, not because they cannot do it for themselves, but because we value and honor them. And then the action and the change becomes mutual and collaborative. 
And when our guest is Jesus, who both calls and enables us to do more than we could ask or imagine, think about the world that we could have. Peace among peoples and among nations can only come where there is repentance, where there is acknowledgement that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, where we can admit to our broken relationships and our lack of faithfulness and our inability to act with justice and compassion. In other words, peace only happens where there is change. And this is where Jesus comes in. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire because that's what it takes to change hearts and minds. Fire and water both cleanse and destroy. They destroy the old so that the new can be reborn. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near, but it is obvious it is not quite here yet. And yet our readings and reflections give us that way forward. Jesus comes as a prince of peace to baptize us with fire, call us to repentance, and create the world anew. Peace, hope, love, and joy are therefore more than just words. They are actions which require some change on our part in order to be fully realized in our time and our world. And that change is both individual and communal. So this season of Advent, let us take time to repent, knowing that the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. Let us change our hearts, change our minds, and do something differently than we did before. This season and our world can be different than it has been, than it always has been. It can be more peaceful and joyful and loving and hopeful than before. With a little bit of work and a lot of faith.